You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of Locked On NFL, a Wednesday edition James Rapine and Tony Wiggins with you. Tony, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. I ate too much, and I think that's what you're supposed to do, right? I ate too much. I actually went to the doctor today, too, man, and um, I gained five pounds. So, you know, that's proof that, you know, Turkey Day was heavenly for me. And I washed it down with some ice-cold Pepsi, though. No, I, I did, too. I actually had a vanilla Pepsi for lunch today, and this football mm. season – it's different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Whether you're me and you go with that vanilla Pepsi, or you're going with the original, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. And Tony, yeah, I jumped into uh, some pumpkin pie. I actually had a slice of pumpkin pie. Never had it in my life. Uh, right before we went on the air, right before we started recording this wow. and, and we jumped on, I was like, man, that pie looks good. That's why I DM'd you. I, I DM'd Tony. I'm like, hey, man, are you ready or not? And I was like, oh, I got time for pie. So I was able to finish and, up my and, pie. <laughs> and then I messed with you and I said, I'm ready right now. You go be there in a minute. So now yep. I, know, I know I caught you in the middle of eating a, a slice of pie. So uh, I tell you what, uh, the pie and the tea right now, it's all about COVID-19. Unfortunately, it's it's obviously been the story of the year for all of us in the nation. And now it's affecting sports. It's affecting football. The Ravens and the Steelers, two teams that, you know, they love to have a good old bar fight anyway. They're waiting to have this fight, man. It's almost like, you know, when you buy a pay-per-view boxing match and you're getting sleepy and you got to wait till 1 o'clock in the morning because they have it in Vegas. And you're sitting up and you wonder, am I going to make it? Am I going to miss it? That's what this feels like, man. This feels like Ali Frazier day of, but the day won't go fast enough. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I just hope they can get the game in at this point, right? I mean, they, they delayed it three times. Right. Um, you, you know who I – look, it's an awful situation, and, and we I, I think it goes without saying with COVID and everything like that. And obviously the players, like on the Ravens, they haven't been able to practice. And so now they're going to have to go out there. So, I, one, I hope for health, obviously, and I think that goes without saying. But – I don't know about you, Tony. I love fantasy football. This is making fantasy football week 12 to week 13, that transition, crazy. It's made it really complicated as well. So it's making it tough on everyone, not just fans or not just players, but both, everyone involved. You want, you want a story real quick about fantasy football? In, I would fact, love one. Shout out to Locked On Fantasy Football. Um, I lost last night's game by two points. DK Metcalf's last catch killed me. He's oh. 33. I needed to have him at 31 and under. I'm actually eliminated in that league, uh, but I'm in first place in the other league, so it's fine. But I'm eliminated in that league. Uh, let me tell you why. I went with Tannehill at quarterback because he's my backup, but Roethlisberger wasn't playing. So that's pretty much a wash because their numbers are pretty much the same, right? So I had to get Mike Jasicki and go with him at tight end because Eric Ebron isn't playing. Oh. That's a wash because they both scored relatively well, and I got about what I was expecting to get out of the quarterback in the tight end position. But here's where it hurt. I lost by two points, right? Mm -hmm. My normal kicker is Justin Tucker. 
and I had to get the kid Blankenship from Indy, and Blankenship had two points. This guy I was playing, his kicker got 21. I know for a fact Justin Tucker would have got me the other two points I needed, and that's how I got eliminated. And that's that's the reality right now, right? Yep. I mean, there, there are leagues – where I didn't start Deontay Johnson because I'm like, look, I don't want to worry about it. What if it gets postponed? So you, you go with someone else and that's not the option you would have rolled with. And that is the challenge and the unfortunate part of things. And I, I do got to ask you, do you think the NFL, they clearly are, whether it's stubborn or just wanting to set a standard and, and try to make sure they, they keep up on a weekly basis, they're determined clearly to get this game in. They don't want to completely – postpone the game or cancel a game this year do you think they're going to have to go that route we're almost to week 13 one game away how do you think COVID-19 now with it really exploding across the country do you think the NFL is going to be able to navigate these waters and complete the regular season and not only that but finish uh, the, the postseason in the Super Bowl I think it came to a point where they once they dug themselves in to 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 really do it how they're doing it now they can't stop it because you already see guys on our own thread. I wish everybody could see it. My man Ostracker up there with, with Locked On Ravens, he doesn't want to hear any of that crap about uh, Serino. Tony Serino went off and Carter Speaks, I think, shared it to David Dustin in our, uh, in our Locked On thread. It was hilarious how he went off on the, uh, on the Ravens, and he's saying that Goodell, all the Steelers people believe that the Steelers people and the Broncos people, by the way, they believe that Goodell is showing favoritism towards Baltimore because Denver had to play with a cab driver, basically the other day at quarterback. Yeah. And, and, and Baltimore has somehow keeps getting their games pushed back and back and back and back when apparently, you know, it's the same situation. Like, why are you showing so much favoritism towards them? So the people in Pittsburgh are livid and they're mad because of the way it's going to stack up with the rest of the games that are coming up. And then the Baltimore people don't want to hear that foolishness. They, they, so this game, first of all, I don't think they're going to cancel any regular season games because they've set so much precedence by not doing anything like that. And it would mm -hmm. be unfair to the people that they didn't already uh, give any uh, room to breathe. I do, however, think that they may do something for the playoffs because I'm hearing rumors of maybe a playoff bubble mm -hmm. or certain bubbles in certain cities. The fans aren't involved anyway. So logistically, it's not as much of a mess as it would be. And it's also not as much of now. And I got to tell people this. This isn't like a basketball team where when you include the coaches, the staff, and, and support staff, maybe you have 40 people. No, it's not like that. You got 53-plus practice squad guys, plus all the coaches, all the trainers. You're talking about housing probably 110 people per team. This is like a college. This is like housing an entire collegiate football team and now you're talking about doing that with multiple teams in certain cities. I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's harder with football because there's so many more people and so many more moving parts, but they've had challenges for them to not be in a bubble. This has been a, a tremendous challenge more so than baseball, because once again, of the sheer numbers and the sheer amount of people that, that are on football teams as opposed to baseball teams. So some people say they've done a bad job. I don't know under the circumstances that they've really done a bad job or not because it's apples and oranges when you compare it to the NBA bubble. They're testing players every single day. They're, they're trying. And, look, it's a pandemic. It's an inexact science. <laughs> well, we haven't gone through this before. 
No league has. And guess what? Yeah, the league does want to play football. Yes, they want to make money. So do I, so do you. Guess what? I want the league to go on because I want to jump on Locked On NFL every Wednesday with you and Locked On Bengals like you want to do Locked On Jaguars. That's that's what we do, right? And so absolutely we want it to go on. And hindsight's always 2020. But I will say this. You know what I don't want? Robert Griffin III starting a playoff game for the Baltimore Ravens. Right. That's what I don't want. So if the NFL has to go to a bubble or, or find a way to, to do that and make that work, you know teams, it's a single elimination. It's not a series like the NBA. You know, one team's gone, and that's that. If you have to do it or try to find a way, I'm fine with that because the last thing I want is watching, you know, Robert Griffin III in, insert whoever else a quarterback in a playoff game. I mean, that would just, that would be rough. You want to see the, the primetime matchup. So that's one thing. The other thing though, and this is just the reality with 2020. I mean, I think we've all kind of had to adapt and do things much, much differently. I get it, Pittsburgh. You, you missed your bye week and now you're, you're being strung along, but players whine and complain when they didn't play on Thanksgiving. And then Ravens had multiple positive tests after that. Like the NFL, probably saved the Steelers from their own outbreak potentially. So that's the thing here is I think you need to, I forget the Bruce Lee quote where he says, you got to, you know, move like water or whatever it is, but you just, you got to kind of adapt in 2020 and whatever comes at you day in, day out, you have to be flexible and bend and move because otherwise you're going to get angry and it's going to consume you and it's going to get you upset. And that's not just NFL. That's not just players and coaches. That's all of us, I think, and just the reality of this year. I do think and I believe that, you know, as much as we recognize things changed, I think once things kind of got back to normal and you see football on, on the screen and they have the crowd noise involved, it's easy for you to go back to your mental mu- muscle history and your muscle memory and think and feel that things are normal and then you don't want things to be screwed up. Um, I do think we, we get a little spoiled sometimes. I think, you know, and we don't really understand – uh, the great lengths that people have gone through to make these things happen. So 2020 is full of changes, man. Uh, and uh, some things stay the same. And I'm going to tell you one thing that stays the same. And we'll, we'll hit this one when we uh, come back on the other side. I stay jinxing these teams every time I mention one on here and saying <laughs> that they're making a breakthrough. <laughs> I, I almost, I, I promise you, I almost uh, uh, inboxed you the other night and said, I did it again. Because now I'm starting to feel proud of the fact that I'm putting this jinx on these teams every single week. But guess what? It doesn't matter because I'm going to do it again. So uh, when, we, when we come back in, in, in the next segment here of Locked On NFL, I'm going to tell you who I jinx, what happened. And then we're also going to talk about the situation in my town with my team, the Jaguars, and also with the Detroit Lions, where they do not have a general manager and what are people going to be looking for. And we'll do all of that in just a second here on Locked On NFL. If you're like me, you've crushed pumpkin pie over the past week or right before this show, or maybe it's pecan pie, but let's be honest. We've indulged over Thanksgiving. We're going to continue to do that with the holidays continuing this month, but you got to stay in shape and nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment after you're getting that workout in. Echelon can help get you there. Get a jump start on that 2021 summer bod with Echelon. They offer next generation connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout 
from the comfort of your own home. Unlike the competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. One membership, that's up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. All you got to do is go to echelon.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. All right, man. So it's Wednesday here. This is what we do every single Wednesday. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about a special show called Monday on Locked on NFL. That's right. We do this every single day. Monday's a little different, though, because instead of two hosts, you have one, the great Peter Bukowski, who is also the host of Locked on Green Bay Packers. Uh, But Monday's different because you get the stories fresh from what happened on Sunday. So you don't want to miss the biggest stories around the NFL as Peter takes you through it and talks to a bunch of the local experts about the biggest stories from around the league. Big wins, shocking endings, top performances, and expected developments. Get the in-depth analysis and insightful breakdowns from those in the know every Monday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, man, so uh, we're going to subscribe to this jinx right now. I'm going to talk about this Wiggins jinx instead of calling it the Madden jinx. Uh, I forget who my first two victim was, the victims were, but this week it was the Raiders. I came on here last week, and I think I even put it in the header on our uh, on our locked on page that the Raiders are rising. The Raiders rose right up and went to Atlanta and got slapped all across uh, Mercedes Benz. They got whooped from t- from start to finish, and I had a couple of those guys on my fantasy. Darren Waller was on on, on the, the actual game that I won. James, I had Darren Waller and I had Nelson Aguilar. They didn't do a thing. But I, can't, I said to myself, I can't believe it. I didn't, I wasn't Whitney, what was it, Britney uh, Spears that goes, oops, I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. I, I got to pick somebody. I haven't picked anybody yet, but I'm going to pick somebody, man. I, can you believe I keep doing that? I can't, I, especially the Falcons. I mean, the, the Falcons showing life. No Todd Gurley, no problem. No Julio Jones, no problem. I mean, once Julio was a scratch on Sunday, I'm like, okay. Raiders got this. Right. And and even midway through the game, I'm like, okay, come on, Carr. Hit Waller. Let's start rolling here. Not that I was rooting for them, but I was just kind of monitoring the game. No chance. None. And so, yeah, you're right. You jinxed them. You jinxed them. And, and meanwhile, the team that we thought that they, they, they won, have beat once this year, and then they lost the second time around, but it was a really, really close game, went down to the wire. The Kansas City Chiefs, they keep on rolling. And the Raiders stub their toe on the Falcons. That's the thing the Chiefs won't do. They're not going to stub their toe on the Falcons. No, no, they won't do that. And um, I can't believe, speaking of the Chiefs, I watched that game too. I, I absolutely cannot believe, brother, the, um, the game that uh, Tyreek Hill had in the first quarter. <sighs> Unreal. Over 200. I said, is this dude going to get 800 yards or 700 yards in one game? It was Unreal. Uh, that he was able to do that. Coming out of that game, though, Arians, this Arians-Brady thing. Folks all year talking about who was it, Belichick or Brady, and then are they tired of each other? And I'm starting to see a little bit now that I may start thinking it's, it's Bill Belichick. that, And I probably always did think that way. I thought it was a combination of them both. When you have the weapons that they have, Bruce Arians' offense was run fine by – Peyton Manning. It was run fine by Ben Roethlisberger. It's the same. It's the Tom Moore offense. And folks are acting like, and Tony Romo was doing this the other day. 
Well, Jeff Saturday came on TV today and said, people are talking about the lack of motion. You don't need motion in their offense. You just need to know where the protections are. So either it's the offensive line not playing well, or Tom really has slipped and, and fallen a little bit in his ability to do certain things and, and the comfort zone of not being in Foxborough is bothering him. I certainly think he's on the, the wrong page with his guys. And you look at that team, you're right. I mean, they had, they're loaded from a talent standpoint. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller is probably the best fourth receiver in the league. I mean, he can fly and he's not even getting normal run right now because they brought in Antonio Brown. And that's the thing, man, when you have so many egos, it's just, it's hard to get in rhythm and they, you know, they've lost two, what, two in a row. Now they're seven and five on the year. I think we're going to them coming out of the bye week 14 is going to say a lot about Tampa Bay and not necessarily because they, they have a soft schedule down the stretch. I won't be surprised if they went out, but you need to see them start to click and not inconsistent, not have a good half because they've had a good half. Uh, you know, they, they, we just talked about the Raiders. They beat up on the Raiders. Like they've had good stretches. All right, we'll do it for a month. Do it for a month going into the playoffs because I still think that their ceiling is extremely high, but there's two problems. One, Bruce Arians, is he going to get his team disciplined enough to make the right plays when it matters most? And that, that includes the defense, obviously. Right. And then two, and it's a valid question, and I think Tom Brady's the greatest football – not greatest football player, greatest quarterback of all time. If he – isn't 99% of what he was uh, three years ago. Do they have enough? Is he able to do it? And I think the times you notice him being old, Tony, is when he has to move at all. Not that he was ever right. this, you know, Michael Vick type, but he could move in the pocket in his instincts and he'd be able to step up and slide. And just, it, it was just, he was great at it. I think it's, it's much harder for him to do now. And you're noticing that. I don't really notice it with his arm. And then the other thing this year, and I, I don't think it's an age thing as much as it's a, maybe he can't move and plant, do the things that he wants to do right. uh, the way he used to. He's making some bad decisions. I mean, some of the throws are just like, what are you doing? And, yep. and, and if, if they could clean that stuff up, I still think they can make a run. At the same time, it doesn't seem like some foregone conclusion. And I'm not sure anyone really thought that going into this season, but when you add AB and you have those weapons, you're expecting them, you know, you get Fournette who, Honestly, I saw some – I watched him. I don't know what he's seeing out there. He's not running the ball well. I think Ronald Jones is playing better than Fournette. He's not running he, as hard as he did here. And people here used to think he tiptoed. His first three years, he was not a tiptoe running back. I, I don't know if it's because he's banged up. Maybe he's 26, 27, and the, all those years and years and years of stacked boxes have caught up to him or something. But he does not look like the same player. Yeah, and so that's the thing. is, And the other thing he is missing, and I wonder – if they use Antonio Brown in this role, or maybe even a Scotty Miller, what did he love to do? Throw it to James White, yep. throw it to Deion Lewis. You know, I, I mean, how many different running backs over the years has he thrown it to like that? Well, they don't have that. Leonard Fournette is not that guy. Ronald Jones, I know he had a 30 something yard touchdown reception the other day. He's not that guy either. Yeah, and so Leonard maybe caught, you put a receiver back there. And Leonard caught 76 balls last year, but yeah. that, but still he's not, He's not instinctively the guy that, that, that you're talking about. No, you're right, man. You're right. It, it's going to be very hard. So here's what the point where I, I'm going I'm to jinx somebody else real quick. And uh, Tyler Rowland of Locked on Titans isn't going to like this or Tic Tac Titans. He's not going to like this. Jaguar fans will, though. I'm going to tell you right now that I think Tennessee's hit their stride again. 
and uh, to look out for the Titans because they beat they beat the Colts. I know Evan Sider is probably up there going crazy, but the Colts were their ingrown toenail. They were they were the Titans' problem, like the Titans have been the Jaguars' problem. And they went up and and they they ran through the Colts right up in Indian in Indianapolis. So let's just say that Wig is going to say that down the stretch here come the Titans, and uh, we'll see if my jinx holds true. Till next week. Some people were jinxed this week and lost the job. My man Dave Caldwell, a friend who I did speak to earlier today, was fired as the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, Matt Derry and I, we did a crossover. He's locked on Lions. We talked a couple of weeks ago because those teams were playing. We were talking about was Patricia going to survive? He didn't, and Bob Quinn didn't either. So that's another two teams that now need general managers. Which one of those jobs do you find most attractive? Ooh. Well, one has Deshaun Watson, <laughs> you know, the, including, the, right. Including that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, the, uh, let's see here on the flip side, Justin Fields, rookie deal. That's tough. That's tough. I, I guess I, I would still probably lean that way. I would lean Houston. Uh, Cause Detroit, man, you still got to deal with Aaron Rodgers. It is Detroit. That's an uphill battle. Uh, I think Watson is entering his prime where where Matt Stafford is leaving his prime and maybe he's a trade chip at this point. But again, it it wouldn't bother me if, you know, someone said Jacksonville, because again, if you're getting Justin Fields, are are we sure he can't be Deshaun Watson next year or the year after we're watching these rookie quarterbacks come in right away and, and play at a high level. I think he's certainly capable of doing that. He he's tasked with much more responsibility at Ohio state than Justin Herbert had at Oregon, you know? So I, I wouldn't blame it either way, but you, you have to like And I would say this, if Jacksonville was drafted first overall and it was Trevor Lawrence, no I think I would flip it. So I don't know if that's fair or not. Oh, you but would. I, I would probably lean Houston just because I really like Watson. I do. I, right. I think he's a great leader. I think he's got everything you, you want from that standpoint. Um, and, and obviously you're playing in, in Houston where his arm is fine there. You don't have to worry about that. And if you're building around that guy, you you feel good about it at the same time. If you pick Jacksonville, you're walking into Justin Fields. So it would be, be between those two. It wouldn't be Detroit, Detroit. Sorry. I, yeah. I apologize. No doubt about that. You're right. What about you? You pick Jacksonville? I, I take Jacksonville. Yeah. Only because I'm right here and I'm close to the situation. And I know whoever comes in has to understand the city has to understand what it takes to win here. And, and, um, it, there's a big difference between coaching here and coaching in Dallas or or being a GM here or being a GM in Dallas. There's just certain kind of people you have to get to come here. So I do what the Steelers do, and I, I'd get guys that – I'd find an identity, and I'd get guys that fit that identity. You, and, know what I, you know what I would want? Any of the jobs. If any of those teams want right, to hire me to be right, their GM, I'm right. in. What do you I, think? I know. It. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would too. I'd be, I'd be, uh, I wouldn't be qualified. I'd be underqualified, but – some some people argue that a lot of people that have those jobs are, are also unqualified. I'd overperform, baby. Right, That's right. what we would do. <laughs> so a lot of people missed on this guy, and this is going to segue to what we're going to talk about in our third segment, which is the NFL draft. And you already know who I'm talking about. It was was it paralysis by analysis, or why did DK Metcalf go in the '60s? Oh, because right now you and I were having this conversation of not if they missed on him, but is he the best wide receiver in the NFL? He's definitely, I think him and Justin Jefferson are top 10. And I don't think A.J. Brown is far behind. 
And you're talking about a guy who was in DK, who was in sixties, AJ Brown, when I believe picked later uh, than, than the first round and uh, Justin Jefferson was taken late in the first round and there were guys taken right in front of him. DK Metcalf though, man, how could you, how could you possibly possibly miss on him for 59 picks? Oh, a lot of teams got to be kicking themselves. I mean, because he's, he's a force. He's everything. When he ran that 40 time at the combine that he could potentially be, he's already lived up to it. And we're talking about year two, yep. but like you mentioned before, uh, there were some questions about his medicals. That wasn't a secret. Um, and, and so that that's part of it. And then the other part of it is I think teams in general overthink the room. They look at stats or they look at this or, you, you know, and they analyze so much and it's real easy mm-hmm. to overanalyze and then just, Oh, uh, no, we, we, we don't want him. He, he runs a sh- – uh, he can't turn. He can't cut. He can't – you've seen him cut? I think yep. he cuts fine. I think he, I think he runs fine routes. It works. And, and that's, that's the league now. But DK Mack, I, I will say he landed in a perfect situation, right? If, if he's going to, you know, one of these other teams or he doesn't have Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett on the other side, maybe he isn't as productive. I, I still don't question his talent by any stretch. But this is such a perfect situation. They needed a big physical number one wide receiver in Seattle, and they found it. And then you have a speedster and lock it on the other side. So I like Seattle. Uh, we talked about it earlier this year. Seattle is, uh, is certainly in the mix with Russell Wilson at the helm, and Metcalf is a big part of that. Let's stick with this topic, Tony. Let's dive in to the wide receiver position in some – Stud wide receivers, as good as last year's NFL draft was with Justin Jefferson and those guys, this year's might be even better. And we're going to dive into some of those prospects next. Man, let me tell you about the best tasting protein bar on the market. It is Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar. They have 18 fabulous flavors. Now, let me tell you about some of these flavors, man. And you think normal flavors are like regular chocolate and all of that stuff? No. How about caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. That's right. And they're packed with protein. More protein to help you stay in shape. More protein. It doesn't pack a lot of weight around your tummy. Therefore, you can eat them without a bunch of guilt and stay in shape. All you need to do is go to BuiltBar.com, order your Built Bars, and put in the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's right. $10 off your first order by saying locked on. And if you don't believe me, you just order them and you bring them around me and watch how fast I dig into that box and eat your Built Bars. It's Built Bars at BuiltBars.com. Promo code locked on. You mentioned Justin Jefferson, and obviously he's lighting up the league. We know what C.D. Lamb brings. We got a guy in Cincinnati and T. Higgins that a lot of fans are excited about. And I haven't even mentioned Jerry Judy, who's the guy I think was the best receiver in the 2020 NFL draft. I mean, it was stacked. And yet, as I say that, Tony, the 2021 NFL draft uh, is just as deep at receiver, according to a lot of people. Let's dive into it here because whether it's a Jamar chase or the, the duo out of Alabama or, you know, whoever you want to look at, there are a lot of receivers in this class that, uh, that could go really, really early. To me, um, I think Chase, if you add the two years together, I think Chase the best of all of them. And, uh, and we saw Justin Jefferson is this year's best. Justin, Jamar Chase was the best receiver I saw last year. Um, I think if you go number two um, this year, 
I really like Devontae Smith more than a lot of people do. And, and I know he scares some people because he's slightly built. But there have been guys that have been slightly – Justin Jefferson's slightly built. Mm-hmm. There have been guys that have been slightly built that way that have been good football players. He was a great basketball player too. So I think he's a little bit more – I think he has a wiry toughness to him uh, at Bama. Remember, of all the guys that, you know, have come through Alabama, he was the one that stayed, right? But remember, he was the guy who caught the second and 26 ball against Georgia to win the national championship the night Tua came into the game for Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. It was him. It was He's been there that long. That dude caught that. And he pretty much went one-on-one last year with Daryl Stingley, who might be the first player taken in the 2022 draft, the cornerback out of LSU. He went one-on-one with Stingley last year, and he put over 200 yards on him. The kid runs routes. He's fast. Some people say Marvin Harrison. I, I don't see that, even though Marvin Harrison was slightly built. But Marvin was a little bit of a different guy. I don't know if there's a real good comp for him. He has long legs, but he just seems like he just keeps getting it done over and over. And I won't question his, 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 the way he's built because he's durable. He never gets hurt. And that's part of it here. Because you can be slightly built if you have a toughness about you. I remember – and you remember when Tyron Matthew got drafted in, I believe it was 2013, Yep. I want to say, and I might be off a year or two on that. But when he got drafted, so many people talked about his size, obviously the off the field with the weed and all that stuff. But you meet Tyron Matthew and you could tell right away before he even played a, a snap in the NFL. Oh, he's strong. He's just yep. physically built different. Deshaun Jackson, the same way, really slight slight build you see him on the street you'd be like man are you serious i'll outlift him in the weight room but he's got the functional strength and and that's the difference you you know just because you have big biceps doesn't mean you have functional strength and that's something that you could certainly see uh from um from smith but i I do want to talk about waddle because that's the crazy part here is is it's smith and it's waddle waddle obviously got injured Runs a four three, great after the catch. What do you think about him? I mean, because that's the thing we're talking about. Two Bama receivers. We talked about Jamar Chase. We didn't even get to Rondell Moore yet. I mean, this this class, there are a lot of guys that are going to make an impact. There are a lot of guys going to make an impact. I love Waddle. I love Waddle. And and a couple, me and I my buddy, too. me and a buddy of mine, we were, and he's hurt. But there's talk that maybe he could make it back before the uh, national championship or or towards the end of the season. Saban says he's working hard on it. He's going to try to get him back, and, and, and Waddle wants to play. And the thing about Waddle that I really, really like is not only is he fast, because that's the first thing that everybody focuses on, he really understands route running, and he really understands how to go and sit down and get in the middle of zones, and he's smart, and you can see the intelligence. And then we talked about being a GM. He's unselfish. The kid didn't even start to this season. And the fact that you have guys, what you don't want, if you're anybody in the, uh, in the AFC East, you do not want him going to New England. He'd be the perfect Patriot because he'd be that in and out of the break guy, just like the rest of those guys have always been just like, uh, you know, who's the, who's the Wes Welker, just oh, like, a, yeah. but, but now with more talent now, so folks love, folks love to compare him to Deshaun Jackson. He reminds me of a faster Tyler Lockett. When I watch him play, I look at, I see Tyler Lockett with more speed. That's what he reminds me of. 
That's scary, especially in today's game where it's it's getting even faster and faster, track meet style. I, I wouldn't be shocked there. Let's go to, to two more. And we mentioned Chase a little bit. What do you like about him? Because, uh, you know, he's such a – a beast. He was in on arguably the the best roster. I think it's one of them, certainly, uh, in in NCAA football history last year with LSU. What do you make of him? Smooth, uh, late hands. If I had to give a comp to him, Andre Risen. Uh, okay. Smooth, late hands. Very very dangerous after the catch. Uh, if you don't get a hand on him, it's a problem. And he, he and he's much like D Hop in the sense of I almost wanted to say he's smooth like Fitzgerald, but he's faster than that. But he's not as big. So D Hop is is sort of Fitzgeraldish, but he's not as big, right? So mm-hmm. Chase goes about six one two hundred. I just think he he's that type of player. He's smooth. Uh, those late hands remind me of Andre Risen, and the late hands are very very important because if a corner's guarding a wide receiver and a corner's not looking back. Sometimes a corner will wait until he sees the receiver's eyes and hands go up. Then he'll stick his hand in the basket and just knock the ball out. And he'll know exactly when to turn his head. Well, when a wide receiver has late hands, and late hands means you're running, you're running, the ball's coming, you don't, you don't reach up for it, and then all of a sudden you just go whap and you snatch it. Those late hands can not give that advantage and that tail to that cornerback that's watching you to see if he can get back on track. We saw it last night in the game where Darius Slay, on one of the good times that he actually was able to cover – uh, Metcalf, that's how he was able to co- cover Metcalf because he was beat, but he watched Metcalf, watched Metcalf, and then when Metcalf went to raise his hands, Slay then kind of turned his head and he stuck his his hand up and got it in the way of the ball. Late hands don't allow you to do that, and that's what I love about Chase. He's dangerous after the catch, and he's tough. He has that strong Debo Samuel tough type body, so he also won't be uh, very easy to bring down. And so we're talking about all these guys that are wiry, that are tough, good route runners. Let's get into to one more here because Rondell Moore doesn't have the size. He, no. You know, he's the opposite. If DK Metcalf is the beast, he's the opposite. Five nine, uh, a buck eighty, and, and maybe not. Like I might weigh more than him, and I am listed at five nine in the the Rapine household depth chart. So he's not taller than me. What do you think about him? Because I think if he if he's going to be successful in the league, and we've seen a lot of speedsters come in and. And out of the league, we saw one at Cincinnati and John Ross, who certainly hasn't panned out, more short, shorter than him, but he is a burner, played in the Big Ten, but unfortunately opted out this year, so you don't get to see him. Uh, what, what do you think about him? I'll tell you uh, what, I, what I think about him, but I have to give you uh, a little bit of a destination. And if this, not, if oh. this isn't his destination, this will be the idea that teams will have on how they can use them. And usually that stuff never works out that way, but this will be the idea. Last year in the draft, they, you ain't going to believe this, but there was talk that if Henry Ruggs and all of that speed got anywhere near them, that the Chiefs were going to make a deal and go up and get him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? They're going to go get Henry Ruggs with all of those guys. They got? Because Andy Reid's probably like, oh, you think we're going to kill you now? You wait till we get him. He's probably faster than Hill. And, and you wait. The dude ran a four two seven. So my thought is, is that they took Edward Zelaire, who's small. They got Miko Hardeman. Maybe at some point, one of those extra receivers, whether it's Sammy Watkins, I think Watkins resigned a couple of years ago, or he's in a contract here, right? Or Robinson, 
mm-hmm. maybe they decide, okay, just like Wilson, when they let Wilson go to Miami and they let Chris Conley go to, we're going to keep certain guys, but we can't pay everybody. So what we'll do is this. Those guys will be gone. And if Miko, we're going to put Miko in the starting lineup. Now we have to replace Miko. Do not let him get anywhere near the Chiefs because I'm telling you, they'll, they'll take him. And can you imagine him in the Miko Hardeman role? If Miko oh. Hardeman is now a starter, it, it, it is unreal. And it's you a nightmare. Talk, and you want to talk about quick screens and, and using running backs on jet sweeps. Andy Reid loves that type of stuff. He loves the screens. He loves getting the ball in the guys' hands, in guys who can run, getting the ball in their hands behind the line of scrimmage. I'm telling you, whatever team want a team, if you want to think like the Chiefs, you try to figure out, don't let Rondell get to them. You get Rondell before they get him. Because I'm telling you, if he gets anywhere near him, Andy Reid's going to take him. I could see it. <laughs> I could totally see it. And it makes a lot of sense. Because why, why mess with what you got? You're, at some point, you're going to have to replace Sammy Watkins. Why would you ever you think you had, And why would you ever think you had enough weapons? Never. No, no we you, don't. You never should. I mean, no. and that's the key. Like, if you're... If you're the Chiefs, you got to put your foot on the gas the entire time. And that's why it looked so easy uh, on Sunday against Tampa Bay because they could just – it felt like they were sleepwalking in that second half, and they still coast to a win, right? I mean, they're just that talented right now. And so if you can add a guy like that, why not do it? I, I'm with you. And, and, and that's the other part when we do this draft segment each and every uh, Wednesday, every segment three. Fit matters so much with these guys. It does. Where they go. It does. does the coach believe in them? Uh, you know, I've seen it countless times where the Bengals front office might draft a guy, but the coaches don't – you could tell, whether they admit it or not, don't believe in him as much as the front office did. And then that's square peg, round hole, and that's really tough to overcome if you're a player. And that's as important as anything. And you, you want to talk about fits? I'm not sure there's a better fit than Rondell Moore going there, learning the game, being a compliment to those other guys, and playing with Patrick Mahomes. And we talk about – and one thing you're talking about, you're talking about football players. T.Y. Hilton is undersized, but guess what? He's a football player, right? That's what he is. He's a – Tyler Lockett, we mentioned him. He's a little bit small. He's a football player. So that, I think, is the thing. Teams need to get football players – you know, for a long time, everybody thought that they needed to draft a guy who's going to put on a, a yellow or gold coat. These days, you just need a team full of touchdown makers and a team full of football players. And and you, you, it, because if you don't start doing some of the things that these teams that win will do, they're just going to keep on doing them and they're going to keep beating you. The Chiefs, like you said, you make a run on them and then all of a sudden they make one play. They remind me of the Golden State Warriors. They'll be up 12. Somebody will make a run and then splash. One of those dudes, whether it was Durant, whether it was Thompson, or whether it was uh, Steph Curry, they break your back with a three-pointer. It's like all that you you did, all of that. Now look, bang, we're still going to hit hit this hit this long one on you. Yep, you're right, and it's quick too. You know, back, back, back. It sucks the life out of you. You pull within one of the Warriors, and then two minutes of of game time later, they're up eleven again, and it's like, what just happened? There's nothing you can do. And then that's what Kansas City did with the haymaker on Tampa Bay. I mean, that's even in the Super Bowl, right? They right at the end there, they just had enough and they just delivered. I mean, that's go back, go back, go back, go back two weeks ago when when I jinxed the Raiders. The Raiders score a touchdown with a minute left to go. They tied the game, or no, they went up in the game, I think. And these dudes went down the field like it was nothing. I mean, nothing. In, in like a minute, they went down the field like bang, 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 touchdown. 
it is over. So yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, man, this is over two for us for this week, but you have to, uh, uh, tomorrow is crossover Thursday and all across the locked on NFL network, our podcast, you know, we'll be crossing over with, I'll be crossing over with tomorrow. We play Minnesota. So I'm going to be talking to Lucas Braun and uh, you guys, Jamie, who you guys talking with? We got Dolphins, Kyle Krabs. Oh, yeah, that's going to be awesome, man. Krabs, of course. Checking catch, in on Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you can catch Krabs on draft dudes, too. And, and, uh, and you know, those, those guys are hot. Yeah, man, we got to catch up with everybody. So Crossover Thursday is a great way to get a quick breakdown of every game uh, for your fantasy team or for your parlay. Crossover Thursday is only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, man, it's always real, man, to get caught up with you. Uh, this is a fun episode, man. We're talking draft and we're talking jinxes and we're talking uh, maybe bubbles. And uh, it's been real, my boy. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, my man. All right. For James Rapine of Locked On Bengals, Tony Wiggins for Locked On Jaguars. We'll see you same time, same place here next Wednesday on Locked On NFL.